This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Muera Karatai. Kia ora, Muera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? Very well indeed. You're planning a big, exciting weekend out, going to lots of parties? <laughs> <laughs> yes, a party in my living room with my 11-year-old son and the dog. We may have chips and dip and some fizzy. <laughs> that would be about the extent of it. How about you? Oh, I think about the same. Although, doing some swimming in the harbour. Uh, swimming is good. Oh, are you allowed to swim now under yep. level three? Oh, sweet. That's good. And who are we introducing today? It's a very great privilege. Um, you will remember we were talking with Jed Casey earlier in the week and he referenced Andy Hamilton and... I just suddenly thought, oh my gosh, I cannot believe we haven't interviewed Andy already. It is an absolute privilege to have you here, Andy, co-founder of We Are Monarchy, amongst a bajillion other things that you do. Um, but that's a good place to start. Welcome. Kia ora. Today. Thanks for having me. Kia ora, Andy. Where are you, Andy? Kia ora. I'm in, uh, in Auckland, in the, like, the CBD, or near the CBD. It's pretty rainy and stormy here today. Surrounded by locations of interest. Oh, yeah. It's like 500. It's like when you're going out for a walk, it's like wear the mask, not wear the mask. Yeah, it's uh, wear the mask. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But that's right. You just hunker down like last time, right? We've done this drill before. We have indeed. So how was your first bubble, the big one? Last year? Yeah. It was fine. Actually, you know, it's just... It was fine. It was a bit of a shock when it first. I've got family in in um, uh, Sydney and Melbourne, and so we're kind of like you know uh, compared. And I think you know it is what it is. Maybe it was a bit of a shock the first time. Second time round, it's just like oh, we know what to do. Painful. Who, who have you got in your house? So I've got a dog, Lulu, uh, who who actually looked at me today and went, "Really, another walk? <laughs> Are you joking me?" Are you joking? Like, it's just, like, not happy. Uh, my wife, Carla, and my two daughters, Estienne and they, who are, like, 15 and 16. That's us. And, uh, yeah. And the dog. Dog actually finds it pretty enjoyable. Follows me around everywhere, which is quite weird. At 15 and 16, they're looking after their own homeschooling. You're not having to do that? No, we don't have to do much. Um, they're, they're, like, mini adults, actually. And I just noticed this year compared to last year, they're more in their bedrooms, actually, than necessarily all together. So I don't know what that says. Um, really independent, pretty proud of them, the way they just pick up stuff, do their own exercise. They're pretty amazing, eh? 
Although I didn't admit my youngest one took me for a run the other day and I was just like, <laughs> what? I was like, I cannot run that fast. Can you please? And she said, don't worry, dad, I'll just run forward and then I'll come back, but I won't come back to you because you're too slow. So I'll go back further and then I'll just <laughs> do lots of crawls. It was good fun. Nice. She's so kind to an old man. You can probably still beat them at Scrabble. No, actually, I can't even do that. No, although I played backgammon just before and did win that game. But winning with your children is not so, you know, always required. You just don't want them to know that you're actually letting them win. Yeah, or that you let, or that you perhaps you did let them win when they beat you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's true. So, are you working from home? Yes, I am. Yeah, and um, maybe one of the things I struggled last time was just work seven days a week, and this time I'm just like determined not to do that. Um, so, trying to make sure that when the weekends come, put the computer away and just spend some family time. But it's a bit of a struggle because you just get up and do email and and you know and what we do at Monarchy, you know, you you get a message in on the on the site from a small business that's looking for help, and you're like. Well, I've got to, I've got to go. I've got to answer that, and I've got to get other people to answer. So, yeah, working from home, lots of zooms. I get to like two o'clock, and I'm like, please, do I have to look at another person? Can I just use the phone? It's kind of weird when somebody does just actually phone up, and you're talking to them, and you're thinking, like, where do I stare? It's so relaxing, yes, because <laughs> you know your eyes can be somewhere else. And, and you're actually present. I, I actually find the Zoom things quite intimidating because I don't, I don't want to turn my camera off because I think that that's rude, but it's intense. And I suppose if you think about it, if you did 10 coffees a day, you'd be exhausted at the end of it, having to listen and focus. And then we just seem to stack Zooms up one after the other. So, yeah. So what does Monarchy do? So Monarchy is a, a is a platform uh, to support small business. Started in the in the first lockdown back in last year. Fundamentally, what it what it started as we we figured the the creators uh, a guy called Pat McPhee, his wife Jada, Monty Beetham, and myself just went. Wouldn't it be cool if small businesses could ask any question, any issue that they had from a panel of experts and do it digitally and do it online. And kind of give a guarantee that we would get an answer within three hours to anyone that asked. So it was kind of like, why don't we just do that? And actually, we're just in the process now of kind of after that MVP, it's monarchy.io website. We've just released a new community platform, which is way more like open and, and immersive, a bit like, I was going to say a bit like Facebook, but Instagram, but just like really engaging. So fundamentally, we said small businesses have got issues. We know a bunch of people who are experts in digital and legal and accounting. Let's just make it way easier for small businesses, uh, community centres, sports organisations to ask a question or a challenge and get some input. And did that come about during the first lockdown or was it coincidental? Yeah. No, it, it, at the people that own... Uh, Monarchy is a group called Indigo and they're a digital innovation agency that have been going for about a year and the lockdown caused their business to kind of crap itself and lost all its clients and then we had to do some downsizing of cost and location and stuff like that and not our people we kept all our people 
And we fundamentally went, whoa, okay, we got this sorted in an afternoon. What's everyone else doing? And so we created it as part of that. And I think because the combination of having people like Monty Beetham uh, in the team, we got a really big bow wave of support from media organizations and from lots of famous people, you know, including the PM and others, to support the call to love and support small businesses because they're just out there by themselves. And maybe it surprised us. We just did it to because, hey, let's just stand aside up in a week. And then once we got that kind of interest, we're like, oh, maybe there's something here. And with my background with the Ice House and Pat McPhee was zero, we're like, let's actually try and see if we could build a community supporting small business. And I've always been interested, really interested in how you could do something at scale, you know, like really big, but that in the end gives a one-to-one experience to that small business owner or person that's looking for a, you know, looking for a um, something, some help. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have REM, Losing My Religion. Why this one? Because I had to find it at the last minute when you asked me for my favourite choices. No, I love REM. Haven't been, you know, listening to it that much recently, but it's at the top of the pile on, on Spotify and I just like it. i 
talking there about indigo i love the indigo website i love the fact that it's it comes in so strongly with all that quite intense making a difference yeah you know for those of us i suppose all of us have been around a bit you you know the game becomes less about um making money or doing stuff it's actually about being part of a mission and I think Pat and Jada and Monty have got just a remarkable culture at that place. And I was pretty honored to be a part of it. And, you know, you know, we go to work, we seriously feel we're part of the movement. Is that making a difference important to you? Yeah, I think it is. I think, um, and being connected is really important to me. Um, what I mean being connected I've never really been a corporate person or a large organization person I've always been about the founder or the business owner or the family and getting really close to them and then understanding what their dreams and aspirations are and then going right how can I help and support that that spoken word that the the korero the story the where they're from what mountain what river I think is really really important to me personally yeah because once you work that out, then, you know, I always think about, you know, kids. You have the kid that knows what they want to do. They're easy to work with and support. It's the one that doesn't know what they want to do. They're the ones that uh, that's what we put on this planet to do, I think, is to help the people who are a bit lost or a bit stuck. That's my mission anyway. And be rude, apparently. So my mother said I was rude and objectionable. The questions that you've been getting on Monarchy, are you doing some sort of a bit of a meta-analysis on on what sorts of things people are looking for and how it's changing? Um, In in the first part of lockdown last year, there was a massive shift to uh, how do I turn my digital on? And I want to go digital, but I need to know how the algorithm works on Facebook and Instagram, and I just don't have time. So... That was just clear as anything, as well as the um, what do I do about COVID relief and redundancy payments and, and things like that. Um, you know, since then, uh, the biggest thing would be digital. 
And then the second thing would be, I want to open up a new market or a new opportunity. Um, you know, what tools have you got that will help me do that? Um, and like all things, you know, we do collect the data around what people are doing. The interesting thing is, is that um, on Monarchy, when we started, we had a hundred to one engagement, uh, people coming to the site versus asking the question. No, 200 to one. So 200 people would come to the site and only one would ask. We, we have that by making an anonymous posting, right? So, and that's really interesting. Kiwis like to watch and observe. They don't necessarily like to raise their hand. I'm not saying all are like that, but that's, that's probably one of our big challenges is how do we, how do we get people to engage with confidence and feeling safe to be able to ask the questions that they really got? And then every now and then, pretty funny, someone would post a question and I'd read it as a moderator and go, do they realize this, this is public? Do they, do... <laughs> so you pop the question out and then there'd be a, like, there'd be someone going, what? I didn't realize this was public. It's like, okay, we'll take it down. Yes, it's public. We work in professional practice, working with people, um, doing Masters of Professional Practice and Doctorate of Professional Practice, which Mawera has just submitted to one of those. Awesome. And so this is about helping people who are trying to improve their their professional practice and, and, and wrapping that up in the sort of the academic thing around that. One of the things that we noticed quite strongly during the last year or so is there's been a real shift of people focusing on the purpose of what they're doing. So while they're busy yeah. doing whatever transformation they're having to do to their business or their community or whatever it is, it's really been an opportunity to stop and think about the business because that's what they've – sorry, the purpose of that business because that's kind of what they've had to do. It's no longer about the the what I was doing. It's the why are we doing it and how can we achieve well, that? It, are you seeing that as well? I, I do. Um, that, that, a couple of things I'd say – though is that often with small businesses it's very hard to differentiate between the small business and the whanau and the family they're all collected together um but underneath that purpose driven i think has become even more and more important because people have had to work so hard to find a way through that if they don't have a purpose that's underneath them they're going to give up and so i think i think we've seen that you know, absolutely. Um, and, you know, although, again, providing for your family is a pretty epic sort of purpose, right? I mean, I, you know, one of the one of the things we do is we do a thing called Manaki U, which is uh, basically with Kiwi Bank is a um, 10 grand grant uh, every quarter to a, to a small business that's doing epic things. And one of them that we uh, that won it was a guy called um, Christian Prescott from Sneaker Clean New Zealand, the eldest in a, in a large um, family. Um, he was uh, his papa had passed away. Instead of going to university, he was doing an apprenticeship. He was doing a part time job, and he had a business on the side. He was driven. He is driven. Christian was is a phenomenal person and leader in his family and provider. That creates quite remarkable purpose in my mind. Can you train that? Can can you breed not not breed that? Can you can you develop that? Yeah, well, 
I mean, desire, drive uh, can be learned. It can be situational, you know, in terms of when you end up in a situation where you've just got no choice but to go, I need to do the mahi to get out. Uh, I think I think you can. I, You know, it's a very interesting question around are entrepreneurs born or, you know, or, you know, or can they be trained to be an entrepreneur? I think they can be actually because it, it's a, almost like it's a tautology sometimes because people say entrepreneurs are risk takers, but most entrepreneurs I know, and you know, they don't think they're risking when they're doing something. They've rationalised why they're going to win. They might be crazy, but you know, they've rationalised that they're going to they're going to win, and that that's a it's a worthwhile pursuit. So do I think it can be trained? Yes. One of the things I've read about you is that it says that you possibly know every game changer in the world. No, I don't don't think that's true. It was on one of your sites, I'm pretty sure. So someone you know has written that about you. That's embarrassing. Do you know it's a funny thing, right? I, um, how I got to be connected was, um, after being a lawyer, I, tr- I moved to becoming an, a secretary or an executive assistant, right, and to a, to a, to a boss, boss man. And what I found super interesting is, is that when you're the boss man, everyone would recognize you. But when you were no one, like, like an administrative per- person, you had to use guile to get connected to people. But I learned actually through that that if you have a good attitude and you're open and you're kind to people, it's remarkable how other people will help you. So I am connected, but I also have the confidence to believe if I'm not connected, I can get connected to that person. And, you know, um, and guess what? If they say no, what I always say to the entrepreneurs, if they say no, that's fine. That's not about you. Just go to the next person. Don't give up. So when you hear Jacinda saying be kind, that, that resonates with you? Yeah, I think it does. Yep, yep. I think well, it does. I think it can wear thin as well, you know, because people are pretty, you know, everyone's frustrated in this situation. Um, but I do think it's very important to be kind, actually, and to be considerate to all people. Um, and just remember, it's not all about you. We'll get over that, right? Bubble sprite of the forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mahi aroha nui kia koutou ko I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universes. I really hope wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be beautiful, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique and here making things. Thank you. Now I know that for all of us over the last more than a year we had some very difficult times that we've gone through together and I'm so grateful for these five minutes with you. It makes a huge difference to me. I'm so grateful to Sam and the whole Blown Bubbles team back. Thank you. And it is comforting to know that when we do share these tough times it reminds us how capable we are and how strong we are. That when these times that are so unexpected and so different from what we've experienced before come upon us we can survive them and we will survive them we will get through this time we will come out the other side and there's so much to be gained from this experience 
that we can see our own strength, we can see our own power, we can experience our ability to love and be loved. We can have a sense of the connections that surround us, not only now, wherever we are, to a whole community of people doing their best, but through time and space, to our ancestors having co-evolved alongside all life. It's a powerful time of realisation that we can sense this lineage of survivors encouraging us, inspiring us. So I really hope for you you're able to take a step back at the moment, see how powerful and strong you are, how all the skills that you possess can now come to the fore and that it's okay to contribute in the way that works best for you. I know in the previous lockdown I did a lot on social media, videos of my hens and my cats, but I haven't done that this time and it's a more personal experience for me at the moment. So really, however you're contributing, however you're showing up for those around you and for yourself, please know that it's enough and please recognise all the great work that you're doing. And so I gaze out over beautiful Autoporty Stunned and I can see so many houses, so many lights twinkling, so many people's stories, so many people's lives, all these beautiful people doing their best. And I hope that you can feel that too where you are, that we're surrounded by a web of lives, a web of connections, and that we're all collectively doing our best for each other. I'm so grateful that we are here, being protected, being looked up. And thank you for your contribution to this shared reality. I really hope that at this time you can have a sense of your own life unfolding in a way that is a helpful story for others around you, that you can choose to share or not, but is still adding to this collective story that we're all sharing, that we're all living together. I know that for me, it's such a different kind of reality, being here, being away from people. A big part of my life and my work is interacting with people. And so now I have to do that differently. And I'm so proud of all of us for adapting to these changes. I know that it's tough, so please be kind to yourselves and those you love. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Andy Hamilton. Andy, it's funny listening to you talking about the word no. I just, I always say to my kids, no usually comes about because you haven't given someone enough reason to say yes. So, so it's temporary, so temporary. And so don't quit, just find a better way to make them say yes. But obviously you're not always going to get that, but that's my little thing on no. You were talking before about helping kids and how much easier it is when they know what they want and, and it's more difficult when they don't. How do you reckon we get kids to that point where they can vision a future for themselves? What do we need to do to enable that? I think we a couple of things, and I think there are many people doing it already, which is amazing, but um, I think uh, exposure and sharing different environments, jobs, roles, lives to our children is a really important thing to do. So being non-linear, uh, you, we just have to show people the world and, you know, they will grab it if they're interested in it. And then whatever that is, 
you know, we as parents or mentors need to follow that down as long as it's not dangerous for the person. Like when my daughter says, dad, let's jump out of the plane. I'm like, no, that's your uncle can do that one. Um, but I think just exposing them. And I'm always interested if you, there's no reason why a 16 year old can't start a business and stay at school. No reason. 10 year old, no reason. They just need to be exposed to the opportunity to go, oh, if I make that product, I could sell it. And with digital, it's remarkable what you can do now. So for me, I think we just need to find ways to be non-linear in sharing the opportunities that life provides, you know. And here's a really interesting thing. In lockdown, we identified there was a whole, obviously we were really worried last year about people losing their jobs, right? So we could see a lot of people coming onto the benefit and a lot of Māori and Pacifica coming into the benefit. We also could see there's a whole lot of small businesses that were struggling with digital and so we had this idea pat had this idea why don't we run a training program for msd clients that trains them to be a digital doer in small businesses and we ran it as a pilot it's just finished we did 12 week learning journey which was virtual uh and then an eight week internship paid internship as well and you know i think 80 percent of the participants were maori and pacifica um we've had of the 25 i think we've had uh, 21 graduate it has been incredible if you expose people to like some of the best digital experts in New Zealand and they learn, they take it up, they work incredibly hard and now, you know, they're going on to find jobs and do other things. And we're about to, uh, we've just finished applications for the second cohort of 50. To me, it just shows you just got to find opportunities for people to get exposed to different careers and vocations and they'll grab those opportunities. That was a long answer. That was an awesome answer. I loved that answer. It seems we've had a theme this week. Everyone we've interviewed this week that has been, and it's funny, it's, it sort of runs like that with our Blowing Bubble show. This week has been a real theme around um, enabling kids to overcome those those barriers that society puts in their way um, and, and to create their futures. And um, I think that our kids these kids that we've got coming up, your kids' age and, and mine, are going to be designing their own jobs in a way. Because I hope so. But, you know, here's another really interesting thing is on choice, which is like, you know, uh, choice with two O's, which is like a crafts um, hustlers site um, for people who are making products, which Sarah Colcord created. Do you know something really interesting? 60% of the people who have those stores are side hustlers so they either have part-time jobs or full-time jobs and then they're selling these products on the side as well i actually think with digital we're starting to see this whole contractor side hustle create your own future market happening and i just to me i'm seriously excited by that it's not just kids it's people who are going i want to get out of what i'm doing and be more independent and do something myself. And now there's this digital world where I can put my products up and sell them and make some moolah and make some money. I think that's pretty cool. And pay your taxes, of course. Yeah, pay your taxes is important. And we've got an entire infrastructure in place that supports that for a product that has to be picked up. It can be picked up contactless. It can be then transferred to wherever in the world and delivered contactless with the, the infrastructures there it's just about getting the thinking there, isn't it? 
and it, and it is on who would think how that, big their thinking can be who would think that you know like all these courier companies are making you know that it was almost like in what the 2000s at the end of the courier company wasn't it and now they're all making so much money funny no. andy you're talking about transformation and do you, can transformation come from a good place or does it need to come from you know going down into the depths and, and then you know coming from a from a need a sort of, sort of some sort of disjointed place i think it's way easier when there is a burning platform right when there's a problem and an issue it's materially easier um but you know if you think about it um some paranoid people when things are going well that's the time to do the mahi and to really look into yourselves and your communities and go what do we need to change or what could we change it's all so for me that's you know it's not just when the lockdowns happen or we have massive accidents it should be before then we should be going right things are good now what do we need to you know explore but that can be harder and you could understand when we come out of our lockdowns people are like oh you know they just want freedom right but we just need to always be and not relying on the government you know we shouldn't rely on the government we should be doing the things that we can do in our communities ourselves to to ensure that we're stronger better and transformation is a big word though isn't it it's a sort of word that consultants come up with to justify getting lots of fees from governments and corporates but then in terms of the the businesses that you're supporting is it the ones that are transformational that that are the most successful and i'm thinking of things that are that, yeah. that really shift the you really shift the, the the whole environment things like you know the uber equivalents does it take that or, or can it be something smaller so interesting you know if you look into the small business community that is monarchy it, it is by far and away not all that freaky rocket lab uber all that stuff the halters of this world which are amazing it's just honest people trying to get their way through selling some products selling some sneaker clean selling some wooden toys you know selling some honey and they just want to provide for their family and their whanau and that's actually that's what is the backbone of new zealand small business economy people doing having a vision for a product and just going i want to sell more of this now how do i do that and and please show me and you know i'm not going to pay you 20 grand for you to tell me how to fish just teach me how to fish send me some links i'll learn and then i'll apply and then i'll go and so i don't think transformation is relevant for the small businesses they're just like yeah your typical business that just wants to get ahead it's enabling it's more Rather than transformation, it's enabling tino rangatiratanga, that self-actualization. You're enabling totally. people to take full control of their reality and and live their live their true path in their own way. Hey, totally. And if you think about it, uh, in the in the lockdowns, lots of people were fearful of losing their jobs. Right. So what did they do? They went, I need a side hustle because if I lose my job, I've got no income. They do the side hustle to get some things going and they get some income and they go, oh, this is going really good. Maybe I don't need the job now. But 
the the feeling of independence i think and um self-belief and um looking after oneself and family i think is an amazing thing amazing That's... and and i think we're going to see more of that when things like these pandemics come that people just say i've got to find different ways to be able to survive and i think that'll include do you think growing your own food you know your own independent power more and more of that sort of stuff i'm putting in here taylor swift champagne problems why this one i just think that uh i got to learn and love taylor swift through my daughters because i would go to i think i would have been to two of her concerts and i like the music actually and it reminds me of my daughters and the joy that she gave them and now i listen to it more than they do which is somewhat weird it's a nice song i like her two albums willow and um the evermore quite kind of um acoustic and good for working when i'm trying to be serious and calm Walk through. 
Andy, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last year and a half. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Uh, That's a good question. What I hope to see is more people choosing to go into business, running side hustles, um, finding independence. uh, And I think that is going to stick because I think people are going, I survived a pandemic. I got through this. Um, but if I'm going to keep living in this world, I really want to do something that is purposeful for me. And I've always had this dream about a product or a business, and now is the time to go and do it. So I hope to see more independence of that. I also, I think, want to see, you know, more collective work together around societal issues but i think that's extraordinarily challenging because i'm not convinced that we're all that happy as a country and there'll be a bit of healing required you know hopefully when we get back because i do see a bit of anger these days you know maybe it's because the left and the socialist side is in versus the right but i don't know yeah i just hope more side hustles more small business um more digital that would be pretty epic. What lessons do you think we can take from the pandemic or perhaps the pandemic response for the sorts of problems that we can't fix by staying at home and watching Netflix? I'm thinking of the bigger sorts of things we face, climate change, social inequity, those sorts of things. Um, I mean, the first reflection is, is it's quite remarkable how we've been able to get through, right? So that says, as bad as it is, we can still get through. Uh, I think, secondly, um, we as a country and as a nation, as a world, will need to heal a lot as a result of the things that have happened inside people's heads that's been going on in this lockdown. And uh, we just need to be very aware in our communities of the people that might be a bit lost when, when this starts coming back. So checking in for our people, I think, is really, really important. And the rest of it, I just think, you know, we've had this wonderful opportunity brought on by this um, uh, lockdown and this pandemic to go, how do we design things so that they work more effectively? And, you know, I'm a massive one of independence of government. That doesn't mean I'm anti-government. It just means power to the people, get the people to get up 
and start making changes to the things that they think will make a difference to our communities. And so it's remarkable what you can do. Just get off your ass and start doing something is kind of my attitude. And, you know, yeah, just keep pushing, keep pushing. We talked to an archaeologist a few months ago who was talking about the the layers and she talked about the fingerprints in the physical artefacts not the physical fingerprints but the the fingerprints of the changes in society do you think we're going to see a a fingerprint of covid not in terms of the literal stuff because we know there will be a layer of masks in the in the landfill but more in the 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 historical record or the 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 big the bigger picture of our society of our business do you think we're going to see that that fingerprint of covid has it changed I mean, it's weird right I, well look i remember uh, i was uh like 19 in 1987 when we had the share market crash and um and i remember that right and it was indelible on me and also the 90s were indelible on me in the way that we lost our way as a country so and then 911 is another one because my wife moved to New Zealand on that morning of 911 so i think we look back at those events and and to some people they impact on them i think I, I do think about this in the in the lens you know i'm over 50 so i think about the lens of the kids who are going through school who are going through university who have not had these events but they just seem to be quite remarkable and resilient so yeah i think there will be absolutely i mean it's weird right I mean, not, most of us are not old enough to know about the pandemics and all those other things, but it's quite like it's quite freaky that we can have this world and we can end up in this crap with a flu. Don't really want to think about it too much. Just got to get up and keep moving, don't we, <laughs> Samuel? So I have some questions to end the show with. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? I think launching Menaki, uh, and the biggest success for that was because I've got a great friend called Murray Tom who said once to me, uh, what did he say? Opportunities never shout at you, they whisper at you, and they whisp- it whispered. And so I feel very blessed and, and lucky to be a part of um, the Menaki movement uh, over the last year and a half. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's the superpower that's got you into the mansion? That's an interesting question. I think that I I was going to blaspheme or or swear, but the fact that I care, I think, is my superpower is is obviously I'm connected and I work really hard. But, you know, I understand, I think, small business really well, and I really care deeply for the owners and the families that are trying to make it. And I want to do what I can to help as many of them as possible. So do you it's, consider... I give, I give uh, something. <laughs> do you consider yourself an activist? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, I've, and you know, over, I've had to learn how to um, use the activism voice in the right way. And one of the things that I truly love about the Indigo family is is that I'm one of the partners. I'm not the boss man or the boss woman. I'm I'm part of the movement and I don't have to, you know, I was CEO of an organisation for 20 years where I had to lead and I felt I had to lead. 
in this organization, I'm I'm one of the Fano and one of the team, and there's 24 of us, and we're all just pushing that cause. But you know, I'm I'm not I'm not the boss, and I really love that. So, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Paranoia, uh, um, paying my mortgage off, uh, and do you know? Uh, here's the thing that motivates me. An email, a message comes in on the Monarchy platform, and I'm like, I've got to answer it. I've to, you know, I've got to be at that edge. And then you start getting the patterns of more and more, and you start going, oh, there's an issue here. We need to deal with that. So being connected, create, you know, motivates me. And, you know, um, having choices is important. When I say choices, choices to be able to spend time with my daughters, my wife, um, and do those things that matter. I care less for wearing suits and going to Wellington and and stuff like that. I care for hearing the story of Enos, who's, you know, uh, my friend who co-owns Dante's Pizza, that he's been able to survive and get through this lockdown and be stronger. That spins my wheel. It's a nice pizza too. So what is the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or so? I think for... um, yeah, so look, for Monarchy, our biggest challenge as a group is, is how we build a sustainable business model that does good. And and so raising capital uh, to support uh, Monarchy's ambition is a massive challenge. And, you know, the last few months we've had a couple of yeses, but so many no's around that. And so we're just not, um, we're not asking in the right way or the right people. So we've got to really think hard around how we do that to fulfill our mission or we need to, you know, adjust our vision to be able to do it at a smaller scale, which we don't want to do. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Look, we're all, all of us are just trying to get forward. So one step in front of another. And I think the one advice or request I would have is, is, if everyone checked on people in their street and in their families to make sure they're okay and truly looked in their eyes and said, are you okay? Are you okay? And, you know, and looked into their eyes, I think we'd all get through this together. And when we get back to openness, you know, with down to level one, level two, even more important to check in on people to make sure they're okay. We don't want anyone left behind. Thank you. Mawera. Andy, um, thank you for giving a damn. I think that's a very wonderful superpower to have. Um, and thank you for an extraordinary commitment to the well-being of people, their businesses, their ideals, their aspirations, all of those things that you've done over the years. Um, and I, can't, I feel kind of excited that there are people like you out there who are enabling people's dreams and just by letting them know they can make it real. Without people like you, that those opportunities just don't exist. Moreira, I think there's lots of people like me and you out there, actually, and I'm just one of those people, and I think that's what's so exciting when you see all the other change makers and supporters. But remember, our world goes around when the businesses do the things they do. That's the thing that, that that's actually, I get way, way much more back than I give. I like the way you measure that. Yeah, it's incredible. And every now and then I get free food as well. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. 
Veja, lá de I'm Sammy Manasoy's Bay Dunedin with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani, and we've been joined by Andy Hamilton in Auckland. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.